You are listening to the Life, Hope, and Leadership Podcast with Nick Shabrinsky, a transparent, honest, and encouraging podcast to equip you through real-life experiences. Hey guys, what's up? Thanks for jumping in on Life, Hope, and Leadership Uh, This is a uh, special little episode for you guys. Really excited. Uh, My wife and I had the opportunity to um, uh, visit Asbury University. Uh, There's just this radical thing that God is doing there and in pockets around the nation and the world. Um, On top of that, we have had the opportunity to see just incredible outpouring, even where we are. And, um, and we've seen young people come to Jesus. We're seeing people getting saved. We're seeing miracles, people getting healed. It's just pretty awesome. And so I've had a bunch of people ask me, Hey, what was your thoughts on Asbury? And I do have some for you. I don't have a ton of thoughts on it because I don't feel like, um, You know, I just feel like there's just a sense of arrogance that comes across when you feel like you have the right to give your super hyper opinion on everything. I don't know why our society has become such a let me tell you what I think society. Uh, I think it's awesome to to discuss. Um, The Bible does tell us very clearly right here in 1 John chapter 4 to test every spirit. It's right here, 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. This is how we can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus is the Christ and has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even is already in the world. You, dear children, you are from God. You have overcome those spirits because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. They are from the world and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. So this is how we can recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Now it's important to understand that a lot of people accept Jesus, but they don't accept him as the Christ, the Messiah. They don't accept him as the son of God. And so when you're hearing in the Bible, Hey, those who accept Jesus, it has to be, uh, in, it has to be coherent in, in context, uh, contextual with, um, all the other parts of the Bible. You can't just take part of the Bible and then throw the rest out. If you take part of the Bible and throw the rest out, then you call the Bible, uh, false and therefore your testimony is false. So we, the Bible is inerrant. It is the word of God. So that being said, um, the Bible does tell us to judge test spirits. The Bible does tell us that we could judge a fruit by its, uh, a tree by its fruit. So that being said, my wife and I went to Asbury. We got there the mm, about last 15 minutes of the 24 seven services what was really special was when we got there, uh, there was, there was still singing happening and, um, 
and worship happening. And then they said, Hey, okay, we're going to talk. We're going to stop. We're going to just linger for a little bit. We're going to be silent in front of the Lord. And it was about 10, 15 minutes. And then at the end of that, it was real special. Um, they said, Hey, you know, tomorrow is the last public service in this place. Um, and I, they, you know, we're kind of reorganizing everything. Uh, this was after two weeks straight of worship nonstop in a college university campus. Okay, you got to understand this. This is a campus. This is a school. This is a place where where, where young people have been sent, uh, called, destined, um, pushed, challenged, um, paid for, scholarshiped to get an education, to pursue their next step. I would love for you to get this in your heart drive. You have a next step. You have a next step. And so this is huge. This is this is where I take my opinion and my stance and my view about what God um, uh, is, was, longs to do based on the word of God, not based on our emotions, not based on our feelings. It was a beautiful sight. It was a beautiful thing to be there. Here's what happened. They said, Hey, if you're not going to be here tomorrow, you have to go back to your life. You have to go back to work. You have to go back to where you came from. Uh, would you lift your hand up? And everybody who lifted their hands up, they said, okay, now let's all lay hands on these folks and let's charge them to go into the world, to preach the gospel, to preach conviction, to preach salvation, to preach Jesus, and to go fulfill the commission, the great commission, Matthew 28. So uh, that was good. I, I loved that. And then my wife and I happened to meet this beautiful young uh, woman who uh, just is super cool, super sweet. Uh, she's a student at the school. And you guys are going to hear from her in a second. I have, uh, we, we just took time to interview um, her as a student. And then we were walking around and we, we met a, um, a man from Brazil who gave a short little testimony. We were watching some other folks uh, share testimonies, sing songs. And then we um, ended up connecting with um, another pastor and some of his ministerial team who we also interviewed. So I'd love for you to stay, uh, stay on and listen to those. Um, and they will be a part of this podcast. This will be a little bit of a longer um, episode for that specific reason. Um, and it will be on podcast as well as um, this video on my YouTube channel, Facebook. Okay. So, uh, and if you want to hear more of all these things coming up and any thoughts that drop after this, please like, follow, subscribe on all my social media. Make sure you're following on your favorite podcast, um, uh, uh, app, and then also, um, make sure that you're, you leave a review. It'd be great. A rating and a review. So here's my thoughts. Okay. The next morning, my wife and I, we, we get there and there's thousands of people, it seems lined up everywhere spending waiting hours to get inside of the chapel. Now, my issue is I am not a clout chaser. Uh, I, am, I, I think it's great to see things, but you know, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like it, it, if I get inside, it is what it is at the point of seeing so many people, I was not going in. I did not care. I was not waiting hours. I got 10, 15 minutes inside. It was beautiful. I, I, 100% am not dissing anybody who did that, but I just, I always got rubbed wrong. Um, when, uh, I read the Bible and I think about these guys that, that, that saw Jesus in this Mount of transfiguration. And what do they do? They go, man, Hey, can, let, let's build a dude. Let's build a temple here. I mean, you got Elijah, you got Moses, you got Jesus. Let's come on, please. Like, let's build, uh, a, a temple here. And Jesus is like, guys, come on, man. Really? No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show you this 
so you know what to do with what you have seen. And Christians, you know, the, the, we are guilty of creating a subculture that still is so much like the culture of the world. My wife saw it when she got saved. She's like, wow, I had no clue there was a Christian Hollywood. Now, this isn't a diss. The reality is, is we do have, um, you know, influencers, leaders, people that, that carry and do great things for the glory of God. And you should too. You should use your platform. There's no reason Hollywood, <clears throat> there's no reason the music industry, there's no reason anybody else should be carrying more clout than the body of Christ. But we can't be clout chasers. We have to be walking in it. We have to walk with God. And the Bible says, Jesus says greater things than this. Jesus had people following him everywhere. Now we also know that they also abandoned him. And so you have to understand that if you're going to do the will of God, there will be seasons where people follow and there will be seasons where people betray. There will be seasons when you turn around and people are there. There will be seasons when you turn around and no one is anywhere near you. So this is important that you understand this because what does revival mean? Revival means to resuscitate, to bring back to life, to breathe life, to bring the heartbeat back. What does the Bible say in Ezekiel 36, I will take out of you a heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to bring you back to life. I'm going to give you feelings again. I'm going to bring your emotions back. I'm going to take that calloused. You have to understand the Bible says that the people of God, the people of the world, the people of creation, they go from being sensitive, hearing the Holy Spirit, having a sensitive heart, being correctable, being teachable, forgiving, loving. The Bible says that, that, that they'll yield from that and they will end up becoming lovers of selves. They will become wicked. The Bible says that their hearts become seared and they're no longer sensitive. They're sensual. Sensual means I just want to do what feels good. But the Bible says that to be sensual and to just do it our way and to abandon God is sin and the sin is death. And so our hearts become calloused. They no longer feel. And so I truly believe that revival, these wake-ups, these, these, the, you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind. But now I see you have to understand that there's no, um, uh, there's no easy way. Hold on one second. There's no um, easy way to say, this is what God should do. This is what God shouldn't do. This is of God. This isn't of God. And I feel like what happens is you have some people who are very reserved. They're not very quote unquote charismatic. And so then they say, oh, these charismatic moves, they're nothing but emotionalism and they're people chasing down emotion. And then you have other people who say, oh, look at these people over here. They're not charismatic. They obviously don't feel, they don't express. And we have to back off of that. Now, number one, we see expressions of worship like what we are seeing at Asbury all through the Bible, where people came together, they worshiped, they experienced God, they cried out, the spirit of the Lord fell, and there was powerful movements, Old Testament, New Testament. So we cannot say that just because there's a gathering and people are singing and sitting outside in fields and, and, and worshiping that it's not of God. Um, but you also can't say that, um, that, a, that a person who is, is more stoic and quiet and reserved and uh, isn't charismatic and isn't, doesn't want to go stand in a field and sing, isn't expressing the worship to God. 
you know, all people can worship God in their own unique ways. Now, the Bible does give us commandments on how we should worship at times, but the Bible does not necessarily say um, that that these are all like you see. Um, uh, uh, what was it? Samuel's mom, Hannah. She's in the Bible and she's walking by the priest and the priest sees her just mumbling. She's having an encounter with God. He thinks she's drunk. She is in intercession and prayer, mumbling among herself. She wasn't in a corporate assembly. She was by herself spending time with God. So we have to be very careful that we don't label what is and what isn't of God. Now, we do know that great people fall. We do know that that fallen, broken people can become great. But Jesus has to be at the center. And what I experienced at Asbury was Jesus was at the center of it all. Is Jesus at the center of every person? No, not necessarily. My concerns for Asbury was that people would come in and they would manipulate people, deceive people, or that people would become discouraged because of all the naysayers, sadly, too many of them in the church who weren't there, didn't see it. They only got clips and blips and, and bleeps and blops and tweets and, 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 you know, posts and reels and, and little quickie bits. And so they, they go, let me base my opinion off of, of the 60 seconds video I saw. How about you shut up and see the fruit of it? So what is the fruit? You have tons of young people, tons of college agers. You have people from all around the world coming to worship only one name, the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names. And they're drawn to conviction, repentance, people getting saved. And then people are like, well, what if there were people singing that were of alternative lifestyles and they weren't, you know, truly living according to the word of God? Okay, praise God that people of all lifestyles were coming and running to a place of worship and repenting and loving on each other, praying for each other, lifting up only one name. Not one time did I hear any other name lifted up the whole time. My wife and I were outside spending time with people, not intending to go inside, not waiting in line. We were there to interview people, meet with people, see what the Lord was doing so we could celebrate with those who were celebrating. And now here's, here's the issue. What is the point of revival? And I capped it up um, very simply. This is how I could illustrate it. John chapter four, Jesus meets a woman at a well who has been through nothing but cycles of, of toxic relationships, bad um, situations, circumstantial living, constantly repeating bad behavior. Jesus meets with her. He reveals to her that he is very aware of her lifestyle and decisions. Number two, he also explains to her that he realizes she has given up on even trying. Number three, he points her to hope, to love, and to repentance And I think it is so beautiful, so significant that Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, loves that woman, offers her his his, uh, well of hope, wellspring of life. He says, if you drink from me, you'll never thirst again. That is revival. She goes from feeling hopeless and dead to feeling alive because of Jesus. And the next thing is what I believe all revival is for is for that next part. What is the next part? Revival is where you encounter Jesus. But you can't stay there. You have to go to work. You have to go home. You have to be a teacher. You have to be a mom. You have to be a dad. You have to be a doctor. You have to be a police officer. You have to be, kids have to go to school. People, police officers have to police. Stores have to clerk and sell and do, everybody has to get back to their life. So we cannot, until we go to heaven, just sit around and worship and hang out in fields and do whatever. We have to go to work. You have work to do. You have something to do. God has a purpose for you and you got to go do it. So what's the point of revival? Revival is not so that we can sit 
sit in a field for the rest of our lives and skip school and skip work and skip out on life. No, revival is, I met Jesus, let me tell you about him. So the next point, the next step of revival is to go out and to protect the gospel, to build the church, to serve a local church. Here's how revival sustains, because you can have revival show up, but you can't sustain revival in fields. The only way you can sustain revival is through healthy local churches, and healthy local churches do not exist unless you get up from the revival and you go sow your time, your treasure, your tithes, and your talents to your local church, that you have pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists, that you have brothers and sisters going out, telling the world about Jesus and taking time to disciple and to baptize, to lay hands on the sick. Jesus said, greater things than what I have done, you shall do. That is the point of revival, to bring people back to the love of God, which is only found in the purest form in the cross of Jesus Christ, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, Romans 12, 1 and 2, Hebrews 12, throwing aside every sin that so easily ensnares, Romans 10, 9, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, Matthew 28, going into the world, preaching the gospel, baptizing them and making disciples. Jesus met the woman at the well. That was revival. The next thing she did was the reason for revival. She went to her hometown, told everybody about who she met, what he did, and she led the whole city to Jesus. So take the words of encouragement that you hear from Abby, her story. Take the words of encouragement from my pastor friends um, and, 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 and from what I'm sharing with you. And I hope that you'll take this 30, 20, 30, 40 minutes, however long this video is. And I hope that you will be challenged to go, crap, I can't keep just having worship experiences. I have to draw people to Jesus. That's really the point of revival, my friends. And revival is not because you went to Asbury or not. Revival is because you love Jesus. The Bible says, if, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men and women unto me. Jesus was lifted on the cross. People ran from him and slowly and surely they started running back to him. And great revivals happen when we lift up Jesus. That being said, I love you guys. Thank you so much for taking time to watch this video, to listen to this podcast. I hope that you will like, subscribe, follow, and support all of these podcast uh, endeavors that I'm, I'm trying to get hope, trying to get life, and I'm trying to get leadership into you. And uh, I hope that you'll be challenged by it. I hope that you'll support it. I hope you'll like and follow it, leave a review, and uh, let me know your thoughts on, uh, on the interviews and the thoughts from this video. Thank you so much. God bless you. Change your world. And, um, we her last night when we got here at one o'clock in the morning she yes. was sitting right behind us in the chapel and she's so sweet she goes to school here yep. so and you're a junior right i am a junior yeah yes. so it's, you'll stare at this camera don't worry about me i'm gonna okay. get like this shot okay. okay and um yeah so we just wanted her we were talking to her last night and she was just sharing some amazing things that god has done through her over these last couple weeks and through her family. Yes. So we just want her to share with you guys what's going on. Like yeah, so I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. Um, first question is, obviously, uh, what's your, if you don't mind sharing your first and last name? Yeah, Abigail Van Winkle. Awesome, Van Winkle, that's so cute. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, so uh, what, what have you seen not personal, like not your own testimony, but like what have you just seen? Because this is two weeks. Like, how did this start? What, how, what the heck happened? So on Wednesday, about two weeks ago, uh, we just had our normal chapel service that we have at 10 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And a group of like about 20 students decided to stay after and continue praying and worshiping. Um, and I stayed for about five minutes after and then rushed off to my next class. 
Um, and I remember throughout the day, I kept, kept hearing people say like, there's still people in Hughes, like, you wanna go check it out? I'm like, well, I gotta go to class, gotta go to practicum. Um, but after like those ended, I was like, I gotta go see what's happening in Hughes. Like, why are people gathering here? And ended up wow. spending like the next four or five hours in Hughes just worshiping and in prayer. Wow. Have you seen any students that were like, or anybody that you know of that you're like, man, these guys were not Christians. Like they weren't, they really weren't living it or they didn't have a relationship with God and now they do? Um, not personally, but I do know that there are people who have had that experience. That's really cool. That's awesome. And I think that that's important. You know, a lot of, a lot of Christians are like coming here yes. to see it, but it's so important that we're also seeing people becoming Christians yes. by, by experiencing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love your, your story. When did you become a Christian? I became a Christian in 2011 in January. Um, so I was about nine or 10 years old. Um, and since then I've just had like a heart on fire for Jesus. Um, I've felt the call to be a missionary ever since I was a little kid and um, wherever I'm at I just have the passion to like tell people about Jesus and wherever wherever I'm at whether that's in class whether um, that's in a sport or whatever. That is so cool and that being said um, where do you want to do missions work you already said you told us last night you know you had some places on your heart. Um, I'm thinking about oh man I cannot remember it's what between it's like. Greece and Italy. Albania? Yeah, Albania. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, Albania. Um, That's been on your heart. It has been on my heart. I've, and there's other countries too, but I'm honestly not really sure where I'm going to go next, whether I stay in the country or go overseas. Um, but Albania kind of just popped into my head freshman year when I got here. There was like a group of missionaries who came and like spoke about their experience. Um, and. Uh, another a girl who graduated from Asbury and Lum, she came to WGM a few days ago and got to speak about her experience going to Albania. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, let me get to talk to her and like see if this is something I could do. Um, and they have a group of students who have gone over there working with like PTs and OTs, and that's kind of what I want to do. Um, so that could be an opportunity. It might not. I got to see what uh, where God's leading me. So you might be doing ministry, or you might be doing occupational work, or you might yeah. be doing ministry work with your occupation. Might be doing both. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So now let's get to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, you know, prior to that chapel service, mm-hmm. where was your relationship with God? I would say I was pretty stagnant in my faith. Um, I kind of felt like I hit a wall that I wasn't really, like, I needed to be leading my teammates on the tumbling team, but I felt like I'd hit a wall and I wasn't really sure what to do. I felt like my fire for the Lord kind of had, like, diminished and, like, I wasn't reading scripture daily. Um, I wasn't really able to pour into my teammates well. And then the revival hit. And the Lord just brought conviction on my heart um, and like filled me with his Holy Spirit and like empowered me to go and like share the gospel with people on campus, with my friends. Um, and just, I felt his abounding love just like flow over me. And I was like, whoa, I've never experienced your love in this way before. Wow, wow. What do you feel is the next step for you coming out of this? Obviously they're getting ready to shut it down for public. You guys will still continue to have chapel services. And, and uh, so what's like, what do you feel the Lord saying? Hey, like Abby, this is your next step. Like you, this can't, you can't just stay in a chapel all day. Right. Um, I'm not really sure what my next steps are, honestly. Um, I guess just like whoever I meet when I'm not on Asbury's campus, like just openly share about the gospel and just have conversations with people. 
Um, I heard you got a book to help you with that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's really awesome. How, how do you, or what steps are you taking outside of, like, obviously when you leave here, you, what steps are you taking to throw sticks on your fire? Um, going to my room and like being alone and like reading scripture and praying um, and also like having conversations with my friends here on campus and like asking them their experience and like how they see God moving. What would you say to people who are watching this from the outside who are saying this is not an authentic Christian Bible-based uh, outpouring or experience? I would say it most definitely is. Um, the students have been leading it this whole time and there's been scripture readings, there's worship and prayer, um, and like I'm seeing live streams formed. It's not something that's easy to describe, um, but it definitely is authentic. You have to be here to experience it. But I can see the Holy Spirit moving in so many people's lives. And you said a word that I love, and I think it's super important because some people are like, oh, this is just fanaticism. And I think what people fail to realize is the Bible is full of fanaticism that changed people's lives. Yes. Like Zacchaeus sure. was in a tree. Right, yeah. <laughs> Right? Yes. And it would have looked like this. Yes. Like if Jesus was in this group in the middle, like Zacchaeus would have got on a tree because he was short. And I'm short. We're All three of us are short. Yeah. I was like holding my, my phone up. I couldn't even see what was going on in the middle, but I wanted to see. And Jesus yes. goes, hey, I see you looking for me. And I think that that's, I personally feel like we're seeing people looking for God. Yes, so what sure. what would you say? Um, you said that you felt the Holy Spirit convicting you like that. Yes. That is amazing. Convicting you of, of sin, of, of, of being more righteous. Like how is what, what conviction did you feel like or how would you target that? Like, wow, I really feel the Lord saying this. I would say like just actually reading scripture because it's uh, said so often like, yeah, you need to read the Bible. You need to pray. But like actually doing that daily. Um, has been like a really big struggle of mine like I'll read it on Sunday or like occasionally through the week but like I'm not actually like really hungering and thirsting for scripture yeah. and like God's word um, and also just the conviction of like having bitterness and anger towards friends or family members and like having that conviction and then like repenting of that and asking for God's forgiveness and then that brings uh, like healing to those relationships so good now there's a lot of people who will never be able to get here, mm -hmm. um, especially because today is the last day technically. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who are going to be watching this and listening to this whose families are not saved and they're mm -hmm. far from God. Sons, daughters, moms, dads, uncles, grandmas, uncles, grandmas, mo you know, aunties. Can you share a testimony of what God did in your family? Yeah, for sure. So um, I had a lot of angerness and bitterness towards my mom. and. Um, I just prayed like God like please take this away. I want to have a repaired like, relationship with my mom and I want to really know her on a deep level and because of this bitterness I have towards her it's separating us and so uh, God was able to soften my heart and I also prayed over my dad and I and I said like I want my dad to like wholeheartedly pursue you. Um, I want him to lead our family spiritually. I want him to like desire to know your word and to read scripture as my mom does. I see her reading scripture all the time. Like I want my dad to study it and I want him to have his heart on fire for the Lord. And so I prayed like, God, I want them to experience the Holy Spirit, the way that it's moved in my own life. I want it uh, to be in their lives. And I never would have thought they would have come down to Asbury. We only live about an hour and a half away. But my dad surprised me the very next day and said, like, I felt the Holy Spirit's conviction. The Lord brought me here, and I've been here for the past two and a half hours before you even woke up. And, like, I can't wait to see you and, like, tell you what the Lord has done in my life. And the next day, my mom and dad both came up, and, like, we got to pray over one another um, and just pray and worship God together. And it was 
amazing just to see like since that moment and up until now like how unified our family has become that is amazing and would that not be evident of the spirit of the lord is upon me to bind up the brokenhearted right that is huge um what would you say to somebody who who missed it they didn't get to get here what's your encouragement to them I would say the Holy Spirit is still working, even when it's not an Asbury's campus. I've seen it at universities across the U.S. I've seen it like in other countries. Like God is still working and moving. Like you don't have to be at Asbury to experience that. Um, and I just pray that like the Lord would like stir up hearts around the world to continue this to happen. This should be normal. This shouldn't be just like a two-week thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So good. Anything? Love that. No, <laughs> Thank you. You're so yeah, cool. Of course. High five. <laughs> My live stream dropped, but this is. Em Portuguese. Em Portuguese. Yeah. Olá, queridos, estamos aqui em Lisboa. Lindo, maravilhoso lugar. Estamos sendo edificados pelo Senhor. Estamos tocados essa multidão toda aqui, fazendo diferencial, tocando vidas, transformando vidas, fazendo pessoas uh, acordarem. Jesus está voltando, Jesus coming. E agradecemos a Deus pela vida de todas as pessoas que estão se movimentando aqui. E você que está vendo esse vídeo aí, receba o Senhor na sua vida, aceita Jesus na sua vida, em nome de Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. What's your name? What's your name? Uh, good to meet you. Thank you. Tried Stone, a new beginning. Tried Stone, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Are you the pastor? No, Troy is. You're, oh, you're the pastor of the church? Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, what's up? What's up? What's up? Awesome. What, who are you? I'm just a lay person. Well, <laughs> well, you inter I, I, no. he's the MC, I guess. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Well, yeah. So, um, first of all, just let everyone know how they find y'all on a like. What's your website? Our website to our church is yeah. www.tsnvchurch.com. You can also find our awesome worship team, which is Cross Worship. Find them on YouTube. They have a really viral video out. This is our worship pastor. They yeah. have a really viral video out right now. It's called Soul Alive, and it's up to like 60-something million. Can we hear like a little blip of it? Give me a blip. <laughs> if you don't want to distract them. Ah, oh, it's all good. Yeah, we don't want to take that. Like, no, just right yeah. here, like right here, right here, but <laughs> like I'm not saying like belt it, just a little blippy blip. And these guys have gotten tens of millions of views. They're That's amazing. <laughs> they literally just got back from Paris, France. All right, all right, he, y'all, look, look, he, he's good. Give me. If you go to YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I got, ten, I got tens of tens of views. Tens of tens. So yeah, so so tell me, y'all came here. So just like 60 seconds, what do you love about this? Um, and then I want to come back to you and ask you a question as a, as a senior pastor. Okay. So, um, while we're here, we have a heart for corporate worship. And I just believe that that is the Lord's heart. Um, one, of his, one of his last prayers here on earth in John was let them be one like you and I are one. Which means that, well, let me say this. If that was one of Jesus' last prayers, it must be important. Oneness. Worshiping is one, praying is one, being one body just as him and the Father. And so this is just a prime example of the Lord's Prayer coming, coming to fruition here on earth. And one of the things that Jesus actually said, how we should pray, you should pray for on earth as it is in heaven. And this is a church like heaven experience. So I'm excited to be here. When we heard about it, we're like, you know what, we got to go. We got. We have to go experience on earth as it is in heaven yep. in real time, right here. So that's why we're here. Um, it's so beautiful just to see all the different color and creed and culture yes. worshiping the Lord as one and, and bringing glory to the Father. Come yes. on, come on. That's what's up. Amen. All right, my man, you're up.
Um, I couldn't have said any better than that. Um, I think one thing that really struck me is, you know, when you see a move of God, do you want to be there, right? And even though there have been uh, criticisms, right, things that people have said about what this is here, um, did you have enough in you to want to come, right? What is your appetite for? If you see God is moving somewhere and he's doing something, are you willing to make your way? And so we were willing to make our way. We decided to just say, you know what, let's make it happen. Uh, let's clear our schedules and come because we're seeing a move of God amongst the people of God, and that's enough for me. Yeah. And so I think that's you know that's that's what the heart of this is. Uh, and we may not even make it in, right? But we're really just happy to be here. Yeah. To be here. Uh, we're just happy Amen. to be here to be amongst the people of God uh, because we know He's here. We know that we're all here, and so I'm just excited. Love it. Really yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How about you, bro? Yeah. Thank you. I'm just tripling off of what they just said. Uh, we just have a heart and desire for worship and to see the world come together to be able to worship our God together, our Father, our our King, our friend, everything that we've ever asked for. We've come together and worshiping together. It's such an awesome experience and to see all different cultures, different ages, different backgrounds, people from all over the world. We're told that people were here from Austria. Yeah. How awesome yep. is that? Yeah. For, for somebody to come across the world to come to Kentucky That's to fine. worship together on the college campus with other college students, the youth are leading the way. There's a new Joshua and Caleb generation that's coming, and we're excited to be a part of it. Let me ask you this as a worship pastor. Yeah. Um, what's what's the next step? Because, because like obviously, this is experiential, but how does it become a personal encounter? What's the next step to everybody who, who comes here? I'm going to be taking out of the audio from this, putting it on podcast, and we putting it on. I'm going to be sharing it to our church. So like, what would you say? Hey man, this is your next step when you leave here because they got to go. Yeah. So what's the next step? When you leave here, just take what you experience experience here to your teams at church, to your leaders. Let them know. Look, we just need to worship together. Let's cut out all of our agendas, all the legalism, all that, all that stuff, all the tradition. All, let's just worship. Let's just seek God together. Let's let's really seek the kingdom. So you can add all those other things to us. Because it's all going to come with them. That's tough. Thank you. Yes, so let me ask you this, as a senior pastor. Yes. Sir. Um, what is so for me? I have I I'm a church planner, senior pastor, and I'm like, man, like, there's so much. Yes, and I got saved in '96 which was the same time God was moving in, uh, in, in uh, Brownsville, Toronto, like there was revivals happening. And I got saved in a small town 20 minutes outside of Pittsburgh in a street alley. Wow. And so I'm 20, you know, 20 something years later, here I am, God is good. I've helped, I've helped plant churches, I've done a lot of stuff, um, served under great ministries and, and little things, little parts of big things, right? Yeah. What's your concern? What would you encourage people, hey, watch out for this when, you know, uh, when you leave? Like, be on your guard, guard your heart, whatever. Like, what would as a lead pastor? At, well, as, as an individual leading. leading here, and how would you encourage pastors to to take this? Because there's been moves where pastors have churches have been afraid of of, of the generation that was coming up, and the, mm. the you know people that were getting set. There's people getting set free God, from alcoholism, drug addiction. Yeah. There's prostitutes probably coming through getting saved. There's young people that are mm -hmm. that have never had any type of shepherd in their life, so they are crazy, wild sheep. Yeah. So what's what's like the, the concern and how would you coach? My concern, and not in a negative term, but I would use it as a as a positive. I would I would say pastors and leaders always concern yourself with the kingdom of God. Scripture in Matthew says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things to be added. Seek ye first the right, the righteous life, but also seek the Lord. Seek what his will is, what his heart is. Be led of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. Don't 
we're not going to understand what God's doing, how he's doing Come it. On, we only prophet, the scripture says we prophesy in part. So good. We don't know the whole story. We don't know the whole ending. We don't know the whole present. But what we can do is seek the Holy Spirit and follow that. So concern your, don't concern yourself with what church looks like. Concern yourself with what God desires and what he wants you to do in that. And you follow that without hesitation. Amen.